folks, and welcome to Queensland Rugby Radio. My name is Brendan Sorsotel from Queensland Rugby Union, and joining me for this first episode is Queensland Academy of Sport High Performance Manager, Reg Taylor. How are you, Reg? Yeah, really good source, as best as I can be in isolation. Very true, mate. Very true. It's obviously trying times at the moment with everyone stuck at home in isolation. Um, but obviously, it's really important to um, you know continue to adhere to these government regulations and ensure that we can um, you know hopefully get past this scenario and get back to playing club rugby and, and professional rugby as soon as possible. Yeah, that's it. I mean, the government's doing their best to um, give us guidelines and recommendations to stand by. So we've got to do our bit as a community and uh, make sure we're here to them. Mate, we're seeing plenty of players sort of doing um, a variety of different things uh, at home at the moment. A lot of the Reds guys, they're obviously uh, back at home training for the next two weeks at the very least. And, um, you know, we've seen guys setting up home gyms. Um, it seems that uh, Taniella's managed to get himself a Watt bike on the on the balcony where, at his apartment. Um, what are sort of some of the things that you've sort of seen um, floating around on social media, et cetera, over the last couple of days, mate? Yeah, very similar to what you've said. Um, players are just trying to um, make the best of a bad situation, um, using anything they can at home to stay fit, strong and healthy, um, and then obviously try and get some rugby skills in a very small, confined area. So it's very difficult, but it's really good to see the social media presence on all players, um, you know, some of the Reds boys really getting really getting into it, um, and then obviously some of the club club. Premier Rugby players also um, getting in on the act as well, and you know there's some light-hearted fun out there as well to keep it to keep it interesting. Yeah, mate. Well, I think the uh, the the Oates boys from uh, from your club UQ, mate, uh, they've been uh, very very creative, mate, um, with a few uh, stay-at-home challenges and how to use toilet paper, etc. Yeah, just uh, knowing those two boys, uh, they'll be very, um, um, you know, very. In- innovative in um, trying to keep themselves entertained over the next um, coming months or weeks or, or whatever we've got to be isolated for. Mm. Now, to give folks um, a bit of background on, on yourself, Reggie, obviously um, you're the high-performance manager for, for Queensland Sevens at the moment, sort of recently moving into that role. You've been general manager at University of Queensland for the last few years where you've also coached the uh, women's A on side to two, uh, two titles um, and um, you've coached and, and played at a variety of different levels both here in Australia and abroad as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and obviously worked at Queensland Rugby previous to that as well um, in the game development department. So, um, yeah, I've got a vast experience right across the board. Uh, very good, mate. And... Um, while you guys at the Queensland Academy of Sport try to uh, manage this scenario and keep your athletes fit for um, hopefully seven seasons towards the end of the year, mate, you've put together a, a couple of training programs, both skills-based in terms of actual football skills and um, strength program as well for, for the girls at home, mate. So do you want to maybe walk us through first up sort of what you put together for the skills program? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, as soon as we uh, were aware that our athletes were going to be contained to their homes or, um, you know, limited to what they can do, we we had to act quite quickly um, and put together some skills um, that we could allow them to do them at home with limited equipment. Um, a lot of the stuff 
unfortunately is, you know, non con well, it is all non contact as, you know, obviously with social distancing, um, and obviously the limited resources that they've got, everything is all skill based work. Um, but you know, we can't afford them to go too far backwards in terms of their skill development and their fitness and their strength and conditioning. So coming up with a program was vital. Um, Essentially, the girls at the moment are doing three days a week skill um, and then strength and conditioning in and around that. Uh, And then some, obviously some top up running sessions uh, for, for some girls as well, who have the ability to do it when they're not at work or um, when they have um, some downtime, which, you know, for a lot of them, there's a fair bit of downtime at the moment. So um, we're seeing some good results out of that. The skill based stuff is basically based around um, catch and pass. um, Some extras around line out throwing uh, halfback clearance pass uh, we've been creative with a Swiss ball around some pilfering stuff that they can do for this two-week block um, and then some ball presentation stuff that they can do on the ground with a footy as well. Um, and currently our girls um, are filming some of the activities that they're doing and sending it through to me or to Lee, our strength and conditioning coach, to assess some technique as best we can. We get some funky video on um, iPhone or uh, Android, so it's sometimes hard to see. But we're just, you know, got to make the best of a bad situation and try try and give them some feedback and try and keep them motivated as they go. Um, and then once a week, we'll have a video hookup with them just to assess how they're going, um, check in on them mentally, and make sure that we can keep them motivated throughout this time. Uh, a lot of them are, you know, hospitality workers or. Um, you know, admin workers who have been laid off at this point as well. So we're, you know, trying to assist them in, you know, letting them understand what uh, benefits there are there um, from the government with some unemployment packages and or, you know, assisting them as best we can with, you know, helping find another job during this time as well, um, as well as try and keep them motivated to do some training. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're doing the best we can, um, and we've just had to adapt on the run and we'll, and we will do some more if there's further restrictions as well. And then also, um, you know, we'll have to try and keep the, the content as fresh as we can so that the girls are keeping motivated and are really enjoying their program. You talk about there, the, the importance of checking in with them, seeing how they're going in terms of, um, you know, their job status, um, Aside from the skills and, and the strength element of these programs, mate, as, as a coach, um, how important is that to provide that sort of level of support for, for the athletes? Yeah, I mean, it's hard for them anyway before coronavirus. Um, a lot of them are students, as I said, on part-time jobs. They train three nights a week, um, four o'clock till seven o'clock. Um, a lot of them have national um, player of interest camps that they have to attend or national youth camps that they have to attend that obviously disrupt their lives as well. So they've got a challenging life as it is. Uh, we're, so we're sort of used to having to check in on them and um, keep check on um, how they're going. There's four of our athletes are at school still. So, you know, the challenges of doing uh, grade 12, um, three of them live on the Gold Coast, so they commute up to Brisbane as well. So it's quite challenging before coronavirus, but obviously this has put a whole new um, perspective on how we operate. Um, so, you know, doing that is vital to us. Um, and we've had a very, like, very good response from them so far. Um, four of them have 
only just recently returned from New Zealand and they didn't make it in in time for self-isolation. So they've been in self-isolation for 10 days, I think. Tomorrow's 10 days. So, um, you know, touching in, uh, touching base with them has been really important to, you know, keep them on track and keep them motivated. You know, a lot of these people would not have been, you know, wouldn't have had to be in one place for that long or, or that period of time. So it's been really important just to touch base and um, just talk about anything else. Maybe, you know, it might not be rugby, just how things going, how, you know, what you do today and, you know, uh, what's on your plan for tomorrow. So, yeah, it's been um, been an interesting experience, but one that we'll probably learn from when we, when, when the coronavirus is open and some, sorry, uh, when the coronavirus is finished and, you know, some things we can learn from it and take forward into our program moving forward. Oh, mate. Well, it's uh, it's very good work that you are doing, mate, to help support these girls. But um, talk us through, mate, what are some of the actual individual skills you're doing in terms of the catch pass or some of the, the more position-specific stuff? I know sevens is generally far more general and the girls need to have a variety of skills, so it's a bit different to 15s in that sense. But um, you know, the pilfering, for example, is a is a great, uh, great option that I suppose crosses over into the 15s games as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, look, I'm I'm lucky that I've got access to the Australian Sevens Huddle, so um, I've been able to go through and look at activities where I think they they were able to do them themselves. But for coaches out there that are listening, there's obviously some really good resources um, on the Rugby Australia website, um, or you know, on YouTube or Facebook. You know, there's heaps of websites out there that have people that are demonstrating rugby skills and activities. Um, and for me, it's been trying to find things that they can do and just looking at the broader picture of the game. Um, and then we've also got position stuff that we send to each girl. So, you know, there's five of our girls are, are restarters, so they do drop kicks. Um, and then six of the girls have to throw in a line out, which is pretty unique in sevens that – um, you pretty much anywhere across the back line, you know, you could be asked to throw in a, in a line out. So, you know, those, those sort of things you can do at home. Um, and there's activities that you can do to, um, you know, do it with your brother or your sister or your mum or whoever um, whilst you're in the backyard. Um, and then the kicking has been a little bit difficult, but just little things like working on someone's ball drop or, you know, the way they are going to approach their drop kick, um, has been things that we've tried to focus on, not not so much about kicking through a set of posts because we don't have those um, at our disposal in this in this case, but just the little finer things, the little one percenters that they don't normally get a chance to work on. We've been trying to sort of focus on that sort of stuff. Um, and then, look, catch pass is a massive part of sevens, um, whether you're a forward, back, half, <clears throat> outside, back, wherever you've got to be able to catch pass. So, you know, that's something that we do on a daily routine anyway. So just making sure that we get a fair bit of um, a fair bit of that stuff going for the girls uh, whilst they're in isolation. And I suppose sort of moving more towards the strength side of things or strength and conditioning, um, the running element of this equal sevens is massive. So I know that when the girls are training at yeah. Baltimore, you guys are doing plenty of 100-meter sprints, um, you know, yep. all times and stuff like that. Uh, I know that you know in terms of um, government regulations at the moment, in terms of going out for exercise, you know our athletes can sort of go and look to find a park or a footy field where um, you know population there's scarce, there's only a few people floating around and and use that um, to sort of get some conditioning done. But obviously, um, often I think that's probably hard from a motivation point of view when you're trying to get that done on your own. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, again, we're lucky enough that our athletes have GPS units. So before isolation, we were, we were able to give them a GPS unit so that we can, I guess, create little competitions on who's running loads have been the most impressive for that particular week. Um, we can implement little things like that for challenges. Um, but I just encourage anyone out there to try and find a way to make it encouraging and try and make it a little bit competitive. They're all rugby players. They want to compete. They want to challenge each other. So, um, you know, we've obviously, as I said before, we had some players in self-isolation. So, you know, they don't have, you know, 100-metre tracks to run in. So we've had to try and come up with ways to figure out how we can get those running loads into them in maybe a 20- to 30-metre space, uh, which has been very challenging. We've got a very good strength and conditioning coach in Lee Smith, so um, he's been very helpful in that space. Um, and the girls um, obviously have been really appreciating it, and uh, we've got some really good feedback from them. So um, <clears throat> It's just um, one of those things you just have to sort of adapt, um, improvise and overcome what you've got and then um, try and move forward. Um, and, some, you know, Lee always, Lee's always said to us that we're probably not going to make them stronger, but we're not going to lose too much. So that's probably our goal right now is, um, you know, not to lose too much so that when they do get back into an environment where they can get some gains through speed and strength and power, we um, sort of haven't lost too much and they're not starting in square one. So, Matt, obviously, you know, the GPS stuff allows you guys to keep track of uh, the running data and all that sort of stuff from the girls. Obviously, a separate challenge for um, the ones that you guys have had in, in self-isolation. But in terms of um, the strength element of the program, trying to get the girls some, some gym work in when they don't actually have access to a physical gym. Um, how are you guys sort of splitting that program up and um, how are you trying to keep track of that with the girls? Yeah, so we want to try and make it as intense as possible. We obviously know that we can't get a lot of quantity in whilst we're doing our strength and conditioning programs, but we really want quality. So Lee's obviously split that up over certain days so that um, the girls can perform the activities as best they can and put as much emphasis on this, the technique and the quality of the activities. So that's why you'd see it split up over the five days um, so that we are getting good quality work and it's not just poor, poor quality and trying to do it all in one day. Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, obviously we have put the process in of trying to get some videos off the girls so that we can assess their techniques as well and sort of coach through uh, online learning, which has been a very different um, different experience for myself and Lee for the past or what almost two weeks now. Mate, in terms of some of the individual exercises, looking at the program, there's things like uh, split squat jumps, push-ups, some ab exercises, um, yeah. clapping push-ups, which are always hard, yeah. self-attested. Yeah. Uh, but mate, in terms of a, a pool option, obviously, you know, that's hard in terms of not having any kind of a, a row machine or trying to do chin-ups at home can often be a challenge unless you've sort of got one of those old-school bars between the door frame. Um what are sort of some of the options you guys are looking at um, to sort of, um, I suppose, challenge the girls to get sort of that um, that pull motion in? Yeah, well, um, the program that we released, we were unaware of what their surroundings were like totally. So we just put that on as a very generic program for now. Um, in the last week and a half or so, we've done a bit of a canvas of what their houses entail. So can they do a chin-up somewhere? Um, do they have... Um, a apparatus that they can use for a pool. Um, 
is there is there something that they can use at their house? So we're just sort of currently gathering that intel. Also, a few of them are still um, unsettled. So, you know, they might be in rental apartments and they've since been back to their parents. So, um, you know, we've had to sort of adapt there a little bit. And I, I imagine by sort of the end of this week, we'd have a good intel as to where they're going to be settled for this next sort of isolation period. And then we can maybe try and adapt it for the next coming weeks. Um, but yeah, it has been challenging. Um, obviously not knowing what equipment they have or what's at their disposal, we've had to come up with something quite generic that you could just do at home with absolutely zero equipment. Um, but yeah, once we get that information, we'll be able to adapt it for each, for each person. Mm. So it seems here that Lee's put a few things in, like some table pull-ups, um, an isolated towel row, and then obviously if they've got things like therabands and things like that, they can you know wedge that in the door and, and replicate some sort of a row, obviously. But um, as you said, it all depends on um, sort of what they've got around their their surroundings. Yeah, definitely. I mean, everyone's different. Some girls, uh, you know, Georgia Hunaway, she lives with 11 siblings. So, you know, her challenges are going to be completely different to Rachel Crothers who lives in a student apartment in Turinga. Um, And then, you know, um, Isabella Nasser who lives at home with her parents. So, you know, we've had to sort of canvas all their living arrangements and then find out what sort of equipment we can use and then try and piece it together for them to, you know, and then their disadvantages are if you don't have any equipment or if you've got, you know, limited space and resource, unfortunately your program's not going to be as, you know, as good as maybe another player, but um, that's just the challenges that we face. Uh, definitely, mate, trying times for some. Um, but you mentioned Bella Nasser there, mate. Obviously, she's the youngest sister of uh, Josh Nasser and the Reds. Um, have you seen any footage of those two potentially uh, training together at home as of yet? <laughs> no, I haven't. Uh, she did turn up to our video hookup um, in her training shirt, she was the only one, so she's trying to prove that she's still training hard, which is good. So, no, but I haven't, I haven't seen Josh and Isabella train yet. No, well, I haven't seen anything come through on uh, on the boys' WhatsApp yet in terms of uh, what he's doing for a workout. So uh, maybe Bella can give him some tips. <laughs> possibly, possibly. Um, well, mate, like it seems that you put together a pretty um, comprehensive skills in, in weights program, therefore the girls with uh, you know, with all the restrictions in place. Uh, but, mate, having been involved at the club level, having been involved, um, you know, with these sort of professional sevens outfits and things like that as well, what are some of the sort of general um, key things of importance that you reckon there are for, you know, club players out there or even juniors to keep in mind over this period? Oh, I think the key thing just for all players is to try and keep doing something as best you can. Um, one for you know your sanity. Obviously, everyone's going to be cooped up in confined areas and won't have much human contact. So, if we can use rugby just to keep ourselves entertained for this period, uh, whether it is just you know throwing a ball around or practice your kicking or practice your line out throwing or practice your line out jumping or, or whatever it might be, um, you know, and set yourself some some tasks that you can do every day, even if it's a 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Um, I think when you get back on the field eventually, and you will get back on the field, I think you'll be in a bit of better position than some other players who you know, maybe haven't done as much as you have. And then obviously the health and fitness part is going to be big to um, making sure that you can get through this, um, you know, this period of isolation for anyone. It doesn't matter whether you're a rugby player or not, everyone will be trying to do some physical fitness. So if you can tailor it to try and keep 
keep yourself ready and active for rugby, I think it'll be um, only beneficial when you get back out on the paddock. Very true, very true. And I suppose from a coaching point of view, mate, um, you know, you met, we talked about earlier some of the work that you're doing for, um, you know, the the athletes under... Sorry, I'll start that again. Um, yeah. Um, very true, mate. And I suppose from a coaching point of view, we spoke earlier about some of the work uh, yourself and Lee are doing with your athletes. What do you reckon some important things that, that coaches can be doing during this period to keep an eye on their players and um, I suppose keep them motivated for when rugby does eventually return? Yeah, well, there's a you know there's a whole range of things. We've got so much technology, we can all keep in touch, um, you know, quite quite frequently with our players. We've got to be careful not to overload them with information. Everyone's going through a tough time. Everyone's going to have their challenges as well. But however, um, you know, as I said, people are going to want to need, uh, sorry, are going to want to do something and use rugby as an out um, or a way to get a release. So if coaches can come up with the small program, it doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be um, as complicated as ours or as in-depth as ours, but something that they can just, you know, some players won't know where to start. They've, you know, probably enjoy being coached. So if you can just uh, let them know a few activities that they can do at home or give them some things that they can work on, some deficiencies in their games, anything they can get, um, you know, if anything will do. So I just encourage them to think about, um, you know, just because you're not in a field and you're not there doesn't mean you can't do anything with them. They can they can really get some gains now, even if it's only little stuff. Um, so, you know, have a think about it, set a program for you guys and and then follow up. And probably the most important part is just to touch base and see how they're doing, especially our younger players of the community and younger people. Obviously, uh, a lot of them in that hospitality space or gym workers or, um, you know, some industries that have been sort of shut down at the moment. So just even touching base will go a long way when it's all time to start up again. No, very true, mate, very true. And um, you mentioned earlier in terms of creating some sort of a competitive nature between the girls with the GPS units and tracking that. Um, you know, I suppose then from a club point of view, um, you can you can relate to this having been GM at UQ for the last couple of years, but how important do you reckon that is potentially then to um, – I suppose, keep that community vibe going by almost having sort of a competition between the boys, whether that's how many push-ups they're getting in in the morning or, um, you know, how far they've potentially gone on for a run or something like that. Yeah, I guess, you know, as I said, they're all rugby players. They want to compete. So to make it fun and interesting, uh, I mean, it'll just get monotonous and boring if there's no you know, for me, no competition element or no fun about it. And, um, um, you know, if you can, if you can try and add that element to it as well, it'd just be more interesting and, and, uh, more relevant for the, for the, um, for the players. So, yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, guys would want to be, um, engage with it more if, if they, if they know they might be able to get a one up on their mate or, a, you know, think they can out, out push up their mate, then I think it'd be more interesting than just sort of doing push ups for the sake of doing push ups. No, very, very accurate there. Um, obviously, mate, extremely trying times at the moment and, uh, you know, we're not 100% sure when, when rugby will be back. But, um, mate, thanks for joining us this evening and I suppose providing a bit of insight into how, you know, our players, whether they be semi-professional club guys or aspiring juniors, um, you know, how they can keep active during this time and, and hopefully still sort of keep their, their love for the game alive. Thanks, Sauce. Good luck to everyone out there. Stay safe and um, let's try and get through this together. 
Very, very much so, mate. And um, obviously, guys, we can't stress enough. Try to follow the, the regulations that the government is setting out, whether that's social distancing, washing your hands regularly, or just avoiding going outside of home for, for any sort of non-essential activity. Um, it's all very important. And the more we can adhere to these um, regulations, hopefully the sooner we'll get back on the rugby field. But uh, thanks again for joining me, Reg. And um, stay tuned for some future episodes in the future, folks. Thanks, Oz. Thanks, Reggie. Catch you, mate.